Okay, so back again. This time it's just me with Gene and Paul, my and granddad. Last time we just talked about some, not quite random, but some eight chronological topics from the list. Sort of doing that again, but a bit more where we left off. So the first one's actually quite a short one. It's like, I learned that you, Nan, you went to school with the last matron of the Westminster. Yeah. No, I, I didn't go to school with her. She was an old girl of the school. She's a lot older than me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. She was a sort of one that the school talked about as being one of their <coughs> top-notch pupils. Yeah, so that makes sense because obviously mum came from down here and she went over to the, to the Westminster, so it's definitely oh. a, a, a thing you can do. Westminster being the nursing hospital, like school hospital mm. in, in London, where my mum, Alison... <coughs> well, she, and her, she and her friend um, almost went for the holidays to Sidmouth and stayed in the Rose Cottage that we showed you today. Yeah, which is okay. a, a, mm. a, a, building, a building in Sidmouth. Okay, so that's just a quick one that I just, I just wanted to, 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 to mention. Now, the next two sort of merge together, really. So this is something that we aren't so aware of these days, is that uh, back then, because you two were married, you weren't actually allowed to work in the bank together, in the were same, you? In the same branch. Yeah. Mm. So what did you do instead? <clears throat> well, I left. Because <laughs> I was actually... A bit fed up with a job and I didn't wish to and I would I could have gone to another branch and another place just, just a little bit away but that was only just for their convenience so <coughs> granddad who has always been a bit bolshy um, said I'm not if we're getting married I am going to support my wife she doesn't need to go out to work so so, so, so I left, and um, you went on the same, and but then I got some um, other jobs, uh, another job after that, which I think I might have said about um, going to Gowhampton Manor to an ophthalmologist, but he was a, a sort of a, a, the Trum, Tru, Tr, Truman, Hanbury and Buxton family. The producer, um, he had an estate, small estate in Somerset, and another one in the very north of Scotland. So he was, it was a, <clears throat> it was an eye opener to me, a different way of life, to to go there and work in work in the home and work in, in his library, um, and then we bought my lunch on it by by a by the housemaid or whatever she was called. And, Sometimes I'd eat with the family when they had some visitors in. And bearing in I was very young and very naive still, so it was it was an interesting time. <clears throat> so what did you do for them? Oh, secretarial worker. I said, <coughs> I um, those days you. I. I had to take it all down in shorthand, bearing in mind that what he was doing down there was was ophthalmology, and so I had to remember all the words. And I every time I got to a new word, I made it. I had a notebook and, and made the list so that I would know what what that word would be the next time. And then um, <coughs> before um, 
before uh, Alison was born. We had that bad winter and I was going to leave obviously when she was born. So, um, but we could, I couldn't go over there. So we had to do it over the phone <coughs> and we didn't have a phone, but I could go downstairs to the Lloyds Bank office and, and take this dictation over the phone in the office when, when they'd all gone home. But that wasn't particularly easy and then type them all out and send them to him. And that went on until Alison was born. Then I finished all together after that. Yeah. So when did you start doing the bookkeeping and all of that? Oh, the, the, the <coughs> ah, not, not for a bit, not the bookkeeping on my own. I then, the first job I got after that was at um, the account, no, wait a minute. Um, No, I yeah. Um, I'm going to be in but well, the very the very first job that I just went to, <coughs> two or three morning days a week, was at Lands Cove, um, to a a rose nursery, um, and he was called he he was also did gardening programs on the television. I think it was ITV in those days. And he was called Top Line Broadhurst. So we used to we used to get requests for if he uh, spoke about a special seed like lettuce seed. I had a whole pile of a, a bag of seed to put so many in each thing and send them to the listeners that had written in and requested some of this new new lettuce seed. Things like that. Mm. Um, that went on for quite a little while, really. And that, of course, when we moved to Buckfast, did it? Yeah, we were always, oh, we were yes, living in Previously, we were to Gillingham. Top line Broadhurst was... Yes, was it? In Lanscope. Yes, when we were at Buckfast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, but I didn't do... I did the Buxtons, the one I've broken off yeah. from Gillingham. Yeah, yeah, from Gillingham, that's right, yeah, yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because yeah, the, then, you, were still, you may have still been on tape, still living in oh, Gillingham. Well, they, I can't say anybody knows you, but... Yeah. but uh, <coughs> yeah, well, because we moved to Torquay when, Al when Alison was two. Yeah. <coughs> so that was... And then it went yeah. on from there. But then um, the first job, office job I got was then in um, Ashburton in the, in the accountant's office, which I, I worked in there for about eight years actually. Then, uh, oh, which time, oh yes, when mum went to the, when Alison went to the senior school <coughs> and uh, she didn't need me home all the time, so I started doing that then. And for that, from that, moved on to the solicitor's office, doing the doing the accounts there. That lasted about twenty years, if not twenty-five years. Actually, I stayed there. In, into, in between, you threw in a vet. Mm. 
that was when I finished the office jobs, really. All that, I, over, yeah, well, uh, yeah, but in, after that I went to, um, to, to the uh, Beanley, to, to the uh, yeah. daughter and son-in-law yeah. of the, uh, the people at Dartington, the, Al the Alhurst, who had bought an old mill down at Hobbiton Ford um, and, and renovated it and started uh, grinding corn and making bread and, and all, all this sort of thing. Um, all, all sorts of things he was involved with. And that was all quite interesting as well. Mm. That so was, I think, I don't know, I said before, that was where they had these um, peculiar, well, not peculiar, but they were either um, Buddhists, I think they're mostly Buddhist visitors, and sort of monks, you know. So these, I was sitting there doing my, and this, somebody came in and was bowing and like like they do, you know. Good gracious, who's that? And the chap also kept a, a, a pet, uh, a pet, um, oh, parrot. And then that would fly in and sit on your head and flutter the papers everywhere. So there was never a dull moment really there. Um, so that went on for a while. That's right. And then after that, I went to the, uh, I went to the solicitors and. Mm. Mm. But then I started on yes. the ones from uh, on my own account, not being paid by anybody else, um, <coughs> uh, working from home. So yes, the, um, <laughs> it was a, a, a local vet who um, I you always um, <coughs> he'd write down where he'd been and what he'd done to the other and make uh, make out the bills and. <clears throat> post them off and collect the checks in and what have you but he always came to our house to do his work because his wife could be a bit difficult so he used to like to come and he had the spare bedroom he had a desk in it <clears throat> and he'd sit in there and we'd do the books in there I'm not sure that the <coughs> I'm not sure that Mrs Harris hasn't really approved of me <laughs> but um <coughs> <coughs> Oh, I don't know what else, who else would I think that? I don't know. Oh, of course, I did the rock in, didn't I? Yes. Sorry? The rock. Oh, of course, yes. Yes, yes, Alison was, um, oh. she was it. She was in London training still then. And uh, so I, <coughs> I got the job through, a, <coughs> through the accountant actually that had heard of me from something else. Something like um, so I did that for quite a while. Um, but in those days, <coughs> it wasn't computerised because I've always done it by hand, you know, paper. <coughs> so we had the long, long um, account books and things, and had to balance his uh, his books, which wasn't was that easy because he, but he didn't understand their tell, and it it didn't it it didn't always quite work out the amount of cash in the till. But it, he wasn't fiddling because it was always more that he put down, sort of thing. But so that went on. That went on for quite a while, didn't it? Until they, uh, oh, then, then yes, that overlapped with coming up here. <coughs> then I gave up that. Yeah. 
So yeah, you just touched there a second ago that it wasn't computerized and all that. No. So um, yeah, what did bookkeeping and accountancy um, entail back then? Well, to me, it was a lot more simple than than it sounds like you have to. <coughs> there weren't there weren't things breaking down. There weren't these. <coughs> it was just more simple because I mean you had a long account book and you had your columns and you put you analyzed everything into the column added it added them up at the bottom of the page and then added them up at the end of the month and you hoped it all balanced well sometimes it did it didn't always but uh, you you just kept on until you found found the difference but i have never been and of course i still am not a computer fan and i can, if you can see something with a pen and paper in your hand, it's a lot easier. Well, it is to my mind. So not um, to your mind, <laughs> to my mind. And all, and all, you, all you had was pieces of paper that showed what was going out, and you had lots of pile of paper that showed what was coming in. Mm. <coughs> well, we had the checks, yes. I mean, and then, yes. Well, you, you just wrote up, you know, you had the checks. And yes, and that, that's <coughs> the other thing, of course. Yeah. It was very much paper. Mm. And um, the check clearing system was massive, and the rules and regulations around a check and how you could use a check were very, very interesting, uh, because you could, in fact, be the third person holding a check, and still it would be valuing your money, and it would still on the front have the original payees on it. But it'd been endorsed on the reverse um, uh, <coughs> by whoever was passing it on. Um, um, and before, and I'm trying to find the word now um, for value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So essentially, if um, the person you were paying with this check already owed someone else money, they just. It was a negotiable instrument and then you, you last few checks that um, you would have seen would have said not negotiable across the uh, front of it. Oh, yeah, but yeah, prior yeah. to that, yes. Um, Interesting. And you mentioned there, there were, you had the columns in, in your books. What were the columns? And like, <coughs> well, who, who you pay it to. Um, there was a different different headings. I mean, according to what the business like, the the main thing they were paying for, obviously in a pub, is beer and wine, beer, wine and spirits, and 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 food, um, staff wages, um, all your other incidental expenses, really, of the property. Um, just everything like that that, that was going out all the time it was just a one-off payment it would be sundries you just stick anything like that in sundries um and when it came when and the money coming in of course was for either cash in for, for the bar for um wet sales or food sales or accommodation um all things that they were making their money out of really so each column was an account, essentially, within, within well, the business. Well, yes, it was just a description yeah. of what you were paying mm. for. And then when they came came to make the, do the accounts at the end of the year, I mean, then, then they 
who were classified as to what your expenses were uh, and what your income was. The food one could be more than one supplier. Yeah. But then you had your electricity. Oh, yeah. but, uh, but the beauty of it was, from our point of view as, as a bank manager, looking at somebody's accounts that you, that, that, that you asked them to bring in, and these columns, you could then see what their electricity costs were and what other major everyday costs that they had to pay, whether they were earning a penny or not, um, very clearly, because it was, it was all there <laughs> in front of you. Um, nowadays, I'm, I'm sure that it still is there, but it's, you know, the art of pulling it from uh, a, computer. a computer page. Yeah, it's all just far larger scales now as well, <clears throat> isn't it? Mm. But then, you, then, then of course, I mean, they, they can be, people can be advised by their accountant or the bank manager where they're going wrong, what, what they're spending too much money on and what they're not charging enough for what's for what's coming in yeah you mm. you, you can still get um personal accountants for, for, that, for, that, for that sort mm. of thing in fact yeah. every company um over a certain size needs to have them and needs mm. to have an accountant even if they don't actually use them just to sign things off at the end of the year as far as i'm aware they're, i'm pretty sure um so anything else you want to like say about on that on that topic um uh, what about were you involved with the changeover when VAT came in? Oh, oh well, yes. <clears throat> that's when. Well, that's when the um, the bookkeeping part of it became more um, important for private people. Now, the, the farmers around, or, or whatever, because before all they used to do was bung their invoices in one bag and expenses are now in a plastic bag and take them into account and all in the muddle. But once that came in, they had to keep a ledger, an accounts book every month because you had to put that in separately and you had to pay, you had to return, you know, what, what if there was a, if you made more money to come in with that on it, or, and then you had to put up what you'd spent and VAT on that, so you could take the VAT on what you spent away from what the, uh, from the VAT that came in, and the balance is what you had to pay if, if whichever way it went, you didn't get it back. But, you know, they didn't give you a refund if you spent more on VAT, mm. spent more than you got in. But you, you did. Um, anyway, so so that meant, and said a lot more. That is when accountants, well, ours did, I suppose most people did, started a separate department, which is when I started for them, because they wanted somebody who knew how to do, how to do that, or would just do that, rather than, didn't do the accounts at the end of the day, just, just occasionally I did, but, um, because <clears throat> it, was a new, it was a new service altogether when VAT came in. So it's value-added tax. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But the interesting thing is to, to not, tonight, um, if they sold that to us and we sat down and ate it on site in their restaurant, there would be VAT attached to it. Taking it away, 
it's yeah, no, no bad. So uh, take the fish and chip shop, they've got a little cafe there. So they've got to always keep separate because everything they buy from us and the majority they buy from us that we buy from them, buy from them. if we take, away, we take it away. But then people came in like the other day and, and about four people sat down for a meal. Of course, they got them charged them back. And then they got to remember to record that. And that is, I suppose, because they're giving the service of... Mm. It's a service yeah. thing that they're providing yeah. the room and the heating and the tables and everything. But as long as you take the food away... And also it was um oh there was different different that on uh, on clothing children's clothes didn't carry that and oh, yes, different uh, a lot of different things on children's shoes and things mm -hmm. like that and everything but and certain medical items don't have that as well certain like group grooming or hygiene items so mm. there's there's a few things that are exempt from those aren't there yeah. And it's also that's very typical that you have to pay the difference, but you don't get it back if you. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's typical, isn't it? That you uh, always take, but then never give anything back. <laughs> also, on the topic of like private um, companies and and, and and local businesses and stuff like that, this isn't directly your family now, but it's still part part of part of my family. Um, my my dad's mum. My, my other nan, she called him like Nan Olga Church or Olga Lee is what was her actual name, and then Knee Churchwood. Um, she, her family owned a local shop down in Ashburton, didn't they? For quite yeah. a while. So mm -hmm. like, um, yeah. Just, what do you like remember? Remember about about that sort of stuff, really? <clears throat> well, the fact was that there there were quite a few local grocers and green grocers. Whereas today, they are there are a few. We've got there's one in Ashburton, so and one in Bobby Tracy. But they're they're mainly all departments within the supermarkets. So you go for your vegetables and your or the other things that you would have been able to buy in a smaller variety. Of course, you wouldn't have had ninety nine sorts of beans or something. Um, so it was a completely different way of shopping too. Yes, you looking for a little bit of story about that family? Yeah, it was, yeah very on. very quickly then. Um, that the Churchwoods, um, the grandfather, had started the business in in um, Ashburton. They started it off uh, as a and van to deliver. Oh yes, and they had that little wooden bungalow as you go out of Ashburton, that's and right. they they had a kiosk. Yeah. They used to sell fruit and vegetables and stuff like that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then your grand went round. They came from Whittacombe. Um, yes, they, they, yes, yeah, I forgot that. Um, and um, he bought the the, sh the shop, <coughs> or oh, his father did, um, and. Um, the um, wife of um, his father was um, an interesting and rather awkward lady. And um, his dad was a very soft man. And um, he, he had a slate. 
and that is when you've got regular customers who are having a problem being able to pay who say all right you can have your bank you have it on so the slate you have it on the slate so that they well he never ever chased he got some of it back but it it wasn't going very well and um now Olga's brother he was very bright and he was an extraordinarily good engineer and he did in fact have an apprenticeship with Rolls-Royce and what happened was his dad got in a very pickle financially with the business um, and he didn't want the wife to know anything about it at all and and he shouldn't have done it but he did he went in and helped his dad out and well, took that business him, over ask him to go didn't yes <laughs> and um, he turned it into a, a, a profitable business but it's very interesting but he kept he would as I said, a very bright chap. He kept a lot of statistics about his business. And um, when... I can't remember now if it was before I came to Ashburton Branch or, uh, or when I was there. Yes, but at one point, because Olga and Jimmy went round with that van every week. Oh, yes. That was they, so they weren't in the shop. They must be... The grandfather must have been still in there. That was before the before the shop, that van. I thought that from what I'm I not sure told, whether yes. they still had it yeah. when they had the shop. No, it was before the shop, the van. Because they lived over the shop. Yes. But any but, uh, but his takings when Tesco's opened in Newton Abbott dropped by one third. What year did Tesco's open in Newton Abbott? That's mm -hmm. that's my trouble I was trying to pick that up whether uh, it was before yeah, I, I came to Ashburton or when I was at Ashburton so when did you oh it was Ashburton but before you came to Ashburton Tesco's opened in Newton Abbott after we left when we used to go into Newton Abbott quite often when we lived in Torquay then we went to Blackpool but it was it's, but it, they'd been there a long time so it was long before you went yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. So but it yes. was quite a long while yeah. ago. But I expect, I think they would go round, they would be going round with that van because there was people out in Whittacombe and all the villages who, who wouldn't have the ability to go into somewhere like Tesco's even if they wanted to. So they took everything round to them. I mean, I think Olga thoroughly enjoyed that because it was all the people in the villages that she knew and uh, she was very sociable sociable person um, and I think she thoroughly enjoyed her time going around with her brother mm. it was only just that the churches didn't like her husband <laughs> no. yes and when you think about it when we were at Buckfast um, we had a, a paper we had a paper delivery we had uh, a baker delivery 
who yeah, had a green grocery delivery. Milk and butchers. And milk. And oh, and the butcher, butcher would, yes. You, you, yeah, would you, yes. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. And then um, Alison was seven. Alison's just going to be eight when we went to Buckfast. That's right. So you can tell that's, um, what she now? 60, that's. 52 years ago. So that isn't very long no. since the whole thing changed. But what have you got now with Waitrose vans and Sainsbury's? Well, yeah, they started again. See, everybody it, wants it delivered. Now, it's all they? started again, hasn't it? That's on a far different scale, isn't it? Like when you yes. had it, it was individuals. Mm. Yes. Yes. And they went round with the goods, whereas now you just phone up or, yes. or, or go on the computer. <laughs> yeah. And they just pack it into your into a box and bring it out. Mm. That's a key thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They, it so was like a people moving haven't shop. Got, yeah. yes. And the other thing was, of course, they regularly knocked on people's doors. They regularly met people in their homes. And they quite often picked up where there was a problem starting. And they it went then into the very gently into the grapevine um and um quite often when somebody was actually very poorly old people yeah old people, people on their own. and certainly if the milk wasn't if the milk wasn't the bottle milk bottle wasn't picked up every single day somebody went to that door to find out why it hadn't been picked up that day yeah um so it it had a social value um, a very big social value. Well, our, our milkman, when we came up here, because of the old lady right at the end, she, yes. she, she lived to be about 100, but she's just died. Um, but if if he, he used to come every other day, so if, if the bottles were still there, because you don't, nobody really passed her door. I used to, you know, they've shut it off now. We can't go right the way around. So nobody passed her door, so they wouldn't know whether the milk bottle was still out there. But of course he knew, um, and he would immediately, he very often told, would come back and tell us because he knew we had, uh, you know, knew her. contact with her and helped her out. And so, you know, uh, find out what's happened to Mrs. Hope because she hadn't taken the milk in but before she had carers or anything like that. Mm. But that's what they did in the country, of course. Everybody knew when people should be up and should... <laughs> You know, oh, the curtains aren't pulled. They always get up at six o'clock, sort of thing. Yeah, so a far smaller world. Yeah, mm. yes, but it had a, it had a a value that um, money, which we now throw at social services, um, can't replicate. Not as effectively in a small well, environment. No. no, I mean nobody around here were. Certainly, next door this side wouldn't know whether we were alive or dead because you, you don't really see them that way. Some people going past the front. Yes, they 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 they, they, they twig they twig something was wrong. But uh, no, I mean certain people in the country were quite isolated. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that so that was the shop. That was what. The uh, benefit the houses, of, their, yes. of their shopping yes. of their Jimmy Churchwood. Jimmy Churchwood, yeah. yeah. Uh, you were saying about statistics. So when Tesco opened, you were saying that what happened to their shop? His takings fell by a third. Yeah, it, it, it recovered because it was still good. Oh, yes. It, it's the same now. Uh, they're talking about Lidl's coming down here on those new answers. So, of course, 
all the, the shopkeepers in Bubby, especially the Arnolds, the famous um, ironmongers, of course, were up in arms because they were going, I don't know why uh, the ironmongers were quite so worried about yeah. Littles. Littles do have, spe they're the ones that have the special centre aisles with things in, don't they? But they were also afraid that um, they they were going to lose their trade because all those, all those new houses down there were going to go into Littles because it was, right, it was right on their doorstep. And, and, and also, it was cheaper. Yeah, and also they wouldn't go up the town to shop that that they now doing needles, so they wouldn't say, oh, I'll just pop in, yes. Well, mm. yes, and the fact of um, carrying stuff too. I mean, the, this is a benefit of supermarkets. You can go and park outside, can't you? Mm. Even if you've got to walk quite a little distance to the car park. Two heavy bags. I used to do my shopping in Newton Abbey, actually, when I worked in there. And I, but I had to park in the car park. Um, and it was a lot younger there. But it was still heavy to fill up your bags. There was a quick save or something that was cheaper. So I used to fill the bags up and then have to walk down up the hill and, uh, and into the car. But um, older people don't, well, I wouldn't want to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but you just mentioned there that it's not a new thing. Um, going to discount supermarkets you said then you go to a quick save which is not mm. going to be a locally um a privately well yes yeah, so and the first uh, um cash and curry that um wasn't only for retail started around here really in but budley salterton that was there just up from sydney um and then we have one in newton abbott uh but but there again, you had no fancy displays. It was just the wooden shops, and they just put out the tins in the boxes. Didn't didn't unpack anything. So, but but I mean, you paid half the price for it. So, essentially, uh, that, sorry, that's essentially like wholesaling, but for mm, for, for, for mm, individuals, mm. isn't it? Cash and carry means yeah, you pay the cash and you carry it out. Yes, mm. which then became a lot of them became that it was only for uh, retailers. But and yes, because around here the the smaller shops and the pubs and uh, restaurants go to the cash and carry now in, in Torquay or, or somewhere it's like funny that. You know, but it's funny well, <laughs> Grandpa <Yeah>. Drew <laughs> from Sydney, um, <laughs> he, he couldn't resist it. He, if it was going cheaper, he, underneath his bed he would keep about a year's supply of toilet rolls. Um, what was the other thing he had? Um, oh, something you'd get in the toilet. Yeah, yes. yeah but um, uh, cereals and uh, oh yes, oh yes, yeah. butter, butter and margarine and things like that. But he would buy a whole lot <laughs> to save money. And they might go once a month, but they'd stock. <laughs> but that, that's what you did then, because I mean, when people were out, they had time. They could go to a couple of times a week if it was something going cheap, sort of thing, and uh, a stock up. Uh, it was a it was a different way of shopping in them. On the toilet rolls, I did accidentally get like a massive amount just before just just before the pandemic. I didn't. It wasn't because of the pandemic. I I just uh, mum went well, online. Mum gets them on Groupon. Yeah, I did. I did similar. <laughs> I ordered like two hundred and forty or something, and it was like a I had a mountain of toilet rolls. <laughs> it was an accident, but that's a very similar sort of thing. No, we never done that. We go to no. we go I, Trago. You do, yeah. Go to Traeger's garage and pick up the paper packets. Pack. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. We've done thirty five minutes, so I think that's us. That's not not a bad chat, really, isn't it? So I think we can. Uh, <laughs> so I think we can stop there, really, can't we? Let's do that. Yeah. Bye.